Welcome to Don't Box Me In, the show that features conversations with people from all walks of life, talking about their extraordinary experiences and inspirational messages. Now, here's your host, Lana Reed. Hello, hello, hello. Here we are back for another week of Don't Box Me In. I am your host, Lana Reed. Uh, previously on the show, I've had the learning opportunity to sit down and chat with one of the volunteers for antipornography.org about the dangers created uh, by the porn industry. And today I get the chance to sit down with another one of their advocates and learn a little bit more. If you take the time to visit uh, the antipornography.org website, you will stumble across the whys of their mission. But to quickly read from their website on why they speak out against pornography, they state, because pornography degrades women, sex, and all humanity, including boys and men. It frequently glorifies and promotes sadism, masochism, rape, incest, pedophilia, misogyny, and violence against women and girls. It harms relationships, marriages, children, and families. It also creates demand for prostitution and international sex trafficking. Furthermore, it is a highly unregulated and abusive industry that frequently exploits vulnerable survivors of childhood sexual abuse. Allowing all of these harms to go unchecked by remaining silent is not an acceptable option. And once again, that is from their website, antipornography.org. So today, my guest, Jesse Rogers, who is a former porn star who works with antipornography.org, is here to share her story and shed a little more light on the industry. And I'm so glad she made time to hang out with me today. Jesse, welcome to Don't Box Me In. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> my pleasure, my pleasure. So, Jesse, um, you're currently in Los Angeles. Is, is that where you were born and raised? No, I was actually born in Brazil, and I was raised in San Francisco. Oh. Um, yeah. I I also lived in um, San Diego for a while. I've been around California. Oh, okay. So growing up, would you say you grew up in San Francisco, or is it San Diego? Uh, San Francisco. Okay, okay. So... Um, Wow, uh, born in Brazil, that's pretty exotic there. Um, so growing up, what was it, uh, you know, what was childhood like? Did you do well in school? Do you have any brothers and sisters? Yeah, I do. I have two older sisters. Okay. Um, I was kind of nerdy, like, in my early life. And <laughs> then um, <laughs> I... I started having a lot of problems, um, so it w it started becoming difficult for me to focus in school. And by the time I got to high school, I didn't, I wasn't doing very well. Okay, but so I did graduate. So okay, I did something right. <laughs> okay, that's a plus. Okay, we did manage to get to graduation. So you said uh, you started to do uh, bad around your high school years. Um, was it just? your schoolwork or was it other areas of your teenage life that you kind of were, were you rebellious or, you know, did the parents have a hard time with you or? Um, I, uh, mainly the schoolwork. Okay. okay. Um, I, most of my time in high school, I didn't really go out or, or drink or anything like that. Okay. Um, my senior year in high school, I started doing that a little bit. 
Okay. But it, it wasn't that bad. Um, I mean, my, my, I grew up without my dad, so, okay. um, it was mainly like my mom trying to, you know, do the single parent work. thing. Yeah. Okay. And that, that's rough. Uh, that's rough on everybody, you know, because uh, you don't have a lot of time sometimes to spend with all the kids when you're trying to work and put food on the table. So, yeah, there are some difficult dynamics with being a single parent. Um, so, Jesse, can I ask, uh, do you remember or how old were you when you became sexually active? I was, six, well, um, out of my consent. <laughs> with your consent, with your, okay. So you were 16. Um, was it, did you have like a boyfriend or something? Is that how it happened? Yeah. Okay. Um, I was, I was dating this guy and we were dating for a while actually. And I didn't want to have sex with him initially. Like I wanted to wait. Okay. And then the first time it was actually at his prom so um, at his at his where prom oh okay yeah so and then i you know he was the only person that i was having sex with at that time was he your age or older or no he was older he's about two years older okay so i'm assuming like he was maybe a senior in high school and you were maybe a junior so okay okay so you 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 mentioned you didn't originally want to do it, uh, but I guess the baby, baby, please, you, you know, eventually um, did start having sex with this young man. Did that relationship continue for some time? Uh, kind of. Um, I mean, we had a lot of issues. We were young and we didn't really know what we were doing relationship wise. And he cheated on me and oh. um and eventually he left me for someone else too so you know that's that's the young love that's high school stuff all of that yeah that exactly nobody can really commit at 16 17 years old so um so after him um did you have any other sexual partners before you graduated from high school yeah like two or three okay something like that Okay. Not not like um, serious boyfriends or anything like that. After, not it wasn't right after him. Like after we broke up, I was really heartbroken, and I was like, okay, I, I never want to have sex with anyone again. So I stayed abstinent for a while, and and then eventually I I, I was just kind of like. Eh. Screw it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I just did. I just did. Okay. So high school moves along pretty quickly and you're now, you know, um, going to graduate. Were you, you're 18 years old when you graduated or? I was 17. Okay. You're seven. Okay. So it is sometime right after graduation, you turn, um, 18. So that's kind of like me. My birthday's in July. So I was 17 when I graduated and a month later I turned 18. Um, but after you graduate from high school, did you have any plans? Were you planning to go to college or were you wanting to get a job or where was Jesse going when she graduated from high school? I, I did want to go to college. Um, my, my family couldn't really afford for me to go to an expensive school or anything like that. So 
I and I did have a job at, when I was in my senior year in high school. I I worked at Abercrombie and Fitch, and then I also worked at Hooters, which okay. are both uh, minimum wage jobs. Okay. And um, so I had plans on just going to community college and then transferring. Okay. And um, but. I was having, like, a lot of issues with my family. Um, I was actually living with my sister and her husband, and he got this bright idea of kicking me out when I turned 18 because I was an adult. Mm-hmm. And, well, anyway, so he basically, like, I didn't know what to do, and that's kind of what led me to go on Craigslist and search for jobs, and that's basically how I got into porn. Okay, so you said you were 18, you're you're living with your sister and her husband, and so he kicks you out because you're 18, so now you need some income to take care of yourself, mm-hmm. and yeah. you go to Craigslist looking for a job. So when you're, you're, you're searching through Craigslist, what is the the advertisement that catches your eye? What do you see? It said in capital letters, it said make twenty thousand to thirty thousand dollars a month modeling. And I had actually done modeling work before, but I had never made that much money. So it looked appealing to me to say the least. And and then I I clicked on it, and they said to send pictures to this email. And I did that, and they called me back right away. And okay. Then so, so they told you, you – I'm sorry. I just want to make sure I'm clear. So the advertisement told you that you were going to make 20000 to $30,000 uh, – i am sorry, a month or – A month, yeah. A month. Okay, that's a lot for an 18-year-old. That's a lot of money. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so you sent your picture in, and they they emailed you back, and then what happens next? Um, I I talked to the lady on the phone, and she initially, she didn't explain anything to me about pornography or anything like that. She just talked about, like, modeling stuff and, like, maybe some, like, Playboy-style nudes and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, like, that shouldn't be a big deal. And then when I finally go into her office, then she drops the bomb. Mm. Uh, she's like, well, basically, it's porn and blah, blah, blah. And so she gives me this sheet to fill out. Mm-hmm. I mean, to circle what I was okay with doing. And I only circled solo in the beginning. And then when I gave it back to her, she's like, oh, well, basically... Uh, with this, you can't make as much money as I proposed to you, so you'd have to do other things. So then I was like, okay. So then I circled um, girl, girl, and boy, girl. Okay. Now, you're sitting in this office. This lady's telling you that you're about to um, start having sex for money. At this time in your life, if I'm understanding correctly, you've only had about three sexual, maybe four sexual relationships Um you you were comfortable with this at that time? I wasn't really thinking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. To be 
Okay. Um, I I was I'm not, my I was thinking about the money primarily, okay. and also she started like kind of I I don't I don't know if it's brainwashing. I mean, I believe everything that came out of her mouth. I don't know why. I was just really well, naive. You, and, well, you're young. You're young and impressionable. I mean, and, and so I think anybody in that age bracket is is a good target for that kind of stuff because you just don't know and you want to assume at 18 that, you know, older people are your mentors and, you know, t- going to take care of you and would do you no harm. But sometimes that's not always the case, um, yeah. as we can as we can see here. So you put down solo at first. In your understanding of what solo was, is is what at that um, time? It was it was just like nude photos of myself, okay. and, or like using a toy or something, just me by myself. Okay, okay. So she says, you know, baby girl, you're not gonna be able to make any money, so you need to put down some more options, and you do yeah. that. Okay, so you're sitting. How long was it between you sat down in this office and signed these paperwork uh, with this lady? until the time you did your first movie? Hmm. Well, I think it was about a week. Because I actually, I, w- I went to her office when I was 17, and then I got booked the day after my 18th birthday. Okay. So are you able to legally sit in somebody's office at 17, or is, is that why she held off until you were 18? I don't know. <laughs> okay. I don't think you are, but. Okay. 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 So it was about a week, week after you, um, signed the paperwork till you got your first movie. And, um, before we go to break, can you tell me your first movie? Was it, uh, you solo or a boy girl or girl girl? What was it? What did it involve? It was a boy girl. It was me with another boy. Okay. Okay. So, uh, Jesse, right now we're going to take our first commercial break of the day. Stay with me. We'll be right back right after this. Welcome back to Don't Box Me In. Here's your host, Lana Reed. Welcome back. Welcome back. I am with ex-porn star Jesse Rogers, who now volunteers for antipornography.org. Before the uh, break, we were talking about how she got involved with the porn industry, and uh, we were right at her very first um, movie. So you said, Jesse, that your first movie was a boy-girl one, and can you do you remember how much you were paid to do that? Uh, yeah, I got paid $1,500. $1,500. So, um, so from that first one, was it like steady? Were you doing like one a day, two a day, one a week or? At that point, um, my situation was kind of weird because I, well, first of all, I didn't have a car, so um, I had to take the train from San Diego to L.A. to do the shoot. Mm-hmm. And then um, well, like my stuff was still at my sister's house, and I didn't know where to go, so I was just, like, sleeping in motels and stuff like that. 
Okay. And um, it wasn't until I met my second agent, which he let me stay at his model house for a while until I got my own place, that mm-hmm. I started working like every single day. Okay. So, you know, life was a little bit rough, I guess, when you got involved into it uh, first. So you weren't yeah. able to probably work as much as you could have. So mm-hmm. you you think you were doing like maybe one a week or how many movies were you producing in a month when you first started? Um, the first month that I started, mm-hmm. um, I think maybe I did like five to okay. ten. Okay. Okay. Somewhere around that. Okay. That's a lot of random sex still. Did you know uh, any of the people that you were, did you have any outside relationships with any of the people that you performed with? Eventually I did. Okay. Um, but not in the beginning. So yeah. how do you, how do you prepare? You're young. You don't really know these people. How do you prepare to have sex for your first movie with a guy you don't know? I didn't do anything. (laughs) Um, I was just, well, there was other performers on set Mm -hmm. and I was just kind of observing what they were doing and, and asking them questions and stuff like that. And, um, one girl, she looked so out of it and I asked her if she was high and she told me that she was rolling on ecstasy. Mm hmm. And then there was another girl that had brought her bong, so she had been, like, smoking weed all day. And mm-hmm. that day was actually the first time I ever took a, a, I ever smoked weed. So I guess I was a little bit stoned when I did that thing. Okay, okay. So I guess would you say that... um you know, since you're, you're new on the scene, were you, you didn't have any inhibitions, you're not shy, you're very sexually open kind of person, or, you know, was at any point in time some of it kind of just overwhelming and intimidating? In the first scene? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I didn't really know what I was doing, and they were directing me through the whole thing, like... Okay. They're okay. like, okay, you have to get in this position. I have okay. to get in that position. And I, I was pretty shy. I mean, I am pre- a pretty shy person. That's just part of my personality. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can hear it in your voice. Yeah, I can see that. Okay. Um, tell me this. You know, I, I, I hear and I see. I mean, you're another example of it. There's a lot of young females that seem to get involved into the uh, porn industry. Why do, you, why do you think that is? What? There's a lot of young women such as yourself. And, um, you know, from what I've seen and heard, there's a lot of young women that seem to be attracted to the porn industry, you know, performing and stuff like that. Why do you think it attracts such young people to it? Um. Because I think because they offer so much money. Okay. And young people like myself, um, 
they don't really think about they don't they're not really thinking long term. Mm-hmm. They're just like, okay, I need money now. What can I do? Oh, this industry is going to give me a lot of money, and you know. Okay. Now you you said that they off they offered you this. The sales pitch was twenty to thirty thousand dollars a month. Um, is that realistic for somebody to get? What is realistic? Is the, you know they quoted you when you went down to talk to the lady and signed the paperwork to become uh, involved with the industry. They said that you could make twenty to thirty thousand dollars a month. Is that actually realistic to make that kind of income monthly? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it really it depends on the girl. Mm-hmm. And like the the lady, the agent lady told me, you make the more you do, the more money you make. So someone that's doing gangbangs and anal and all of that stuff will probably be making more money than a girl that's just doing solo and lesbian porn. Okay. Now, also to to make twenty to thirty thousand dollars a month, do you do that just making five films a month, or do you have to be putting out like six films a week? Uh, I, I think you have. I had to. Yeah, I have to be doing like a lot. Okay. Like, okay. Very frequently. So nobody should be out there thinking, oh, I can just do one film a month and I'll make, you know, $20,000. So what's the harm in that? I mean, people need to realize that there's a lot of time spent, a lot of days spent making movies to make this kind of proposed income that they sell you. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Um now, um, I was on the, the website, antipornography.org, and I was reading the write-up on you, and it says this comment, I believed all the things that the people in the, in the, in the industry told me were true. I'm just curious, what types of things were the people telling you in the industry? Well, number one, before, before I did my first scene, the lady told me that, industry was safe, um, that it's, they're cleaner, even cleaner than civilians, than regular people that have sex. Mm-hmm. And she started telling me all these things, how their testing system works and blah, blah, blah. So that was something that I believed. Um, mm-hmm. And through experiences, my own experience, I obviously learned that that was not true. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was the main one, but okay. just everything. So. Okay. She, she told you that um, the industry was safe and that um, the, the people that were in the, the porn industry were tested. Uh, so tell me this. Are... The performers that people see on the movies, what are, what are they tested for? They get tested for chlamydia, gonorrhea, HIV. Um, they don't get tested for herpes. And I think they might be testing for syphilis now since there was an outbreak, but they that, was, that wasn't a requirement either. Yeah, I think... 
I think that syphilis thing, um, uh, I was reading that in the news. That was a couple of years ago that they had that big old issue in, in the industry there where that one actor um, yeah. was yeah, yeah, found. That okay. Was, that was what scared me into actually getting out. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. All right, yeah, I did read about that one. So they don't get tested for herpes, Um and then also, let me ask you this. People assume, people on the outside looking in, there's an assumption, it might be naive, that, oh, you know, porn stars, they wear condoms, so they're safe. So is that the case, that all uh, porn stars wear condoms or some sort of protection? Oh, no. She says, oh, no. There was only one, or, yeah, there was only one company that I worked for that, they allowed me to work, well, that they are a condom company. And when I was given the choice to do, like, a movie all about me, I, I wanted to do it with that one because they do, they only do condoms. But it's very rare for a company to do that. They don't okay. want to wear condoms. Okay, so, you know, let me ask you this. You have, you know, Jessie, she's, she's doing these things and she wants to protect herself. I mean, it's just a natural thing. You want to, you want to make sure you're protected. So you go to one of these companies that don't necessarily require condoms and you say, okay, I'm going to do this movie, but I, I want the man to wear a condom. Do you still get the gig or are they going to give you some problems? I don't think you get the gig, no. <laughs> I think they're just like, um, they'll just be like, ah, well, okay, we'll get someone else. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So, so the industry does not allow the performer to protect themselves. Some of them, let me say, because you did mention there are companies out there that do allow the um, actors and actresses to wear condoms. So let me make that clear that there are some that do, but there are a lot yeah. more that do not require condoms and at the same time will not allow condoms to be used in their movies. Yeah. That's kind of scary. That's, that's really kind of scary. Okay. Um, you know what, Jesse, this is a good point right here. We're going to take another commercial break. Hang in there with me. We'll be right back. Let's return to Don't Box Me In with your host, Lana Reed. Hello, hello. Welcome back. Uh, once again, I am with uh, former porn star Jessie Rogers today. She now volunteers for antipornography.org. Uh, before the break, we were talking about uh, the uh, perception that porn stars use protection in uh, movies, which is not necessarily the case. Now, so... They do are required to do testing for some sexually transmitted diseases. You said herpes is is not one of them and uh, maybe some other ones. Uh, I'm curious because it is an industry that is susceptible to medical issues. Is any kind of uh, maybe like medical coverage or, you know, we're going to, you know, send you to the doctor every six months on us courtesy or I mean, is there some sort of medical plan put into place for the actors and actresses in, in, in the porn industry? Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. Um, that's why I, I teamed up with the AIDS Healthcare Foundation, and uh, we were trying to implement a bill that would have for performers that 
would have those benefits aside from them being required to use condoms. Mm-hmm. So the bill was going to benefit them in every way possible because right now if they get injured, they have to get pay everything out of their own pocket. Um, they have to pay for their own testing, all of that. So, okay. yeah, companies don't pay them for anything. Wow. Wow. And you mentioned, and I think that's something that people don't really think about. You mentioned injuries. And so I want to bring up, um, it was not always the case when you were doing these movies that it was just, you know, warm and fuzzy, lovey dovey. It, there are potential for bodily harm to happen by doing these movies. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Um, if you don't mind, um, you know, and if it's not to, can you share maybe some of the instances where you were sent? Because I think you you mentioned in your write up that you were sent to the um, urgent care and emergency room quite a few times from doing porn. Uh, right. wh- how did how did how did that come about? Well, in the beginning, it wasn't like really serious stuff. Like I just kept getting sick, like with strep throat and mono and the flu because I was dealing with so many people's different bacteria and mm-hmm. also getting a bunch of infections on my vagina mm-hmm. and um, and then the the worst injury I got was um, towards the end of my career it was actually after I had already decided to quit but out of courtesy to the companies I decided to finish out the shoots that were already booked Mm-hmm. So they wouldn't lose money. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just nice like that. <laughs> um, so what happened was basically um, this girl, she improperly placed her toy inside of me, mm-hmm. inside my anus. And mm-hmm. I basically, I bled all over the bed that day. And I was bleeding for several days after that. And... Uh, when I went to the doctors to get everything checked out, um, aside from giving me stuff to stop the bleeding, he also told me that I had contracted herpes. From her um, toy? Yeah. Wow. Because people don't really think that that's a possibility. So people need to be aware that um, there, there are these other opportunities out there to contract sexually transmitted diseases and these types of quote-unquote normal scenes and and playing that we see in these porn videos um what we're exposing the actors and actors to uh when they they do these things um I mean, you just don't really think that that could happen so you're you're on your your exit strategy you're leaving the porn industry but i'm going to be a nice person because I said I would do these and I go ahead and do these last few scenes and and that's when the worst of the worst kind of hits me so you now you're bleeding for seven days and the doctor tells you that you have herpes um where's your mind at now I mean what are you what are you thinking I was really upset Mm -hmm. not only because of the because of what happened to me but because of the way that the company handled it. The directors, when I went in, inside the bathroom to clean myself up, they were asking me if I was able to finish the scene. 
I was wow. like, are you kidding me? Like, do you not see my situation here? And wow. Then, uh, and then they texted me several, actually, well, since I had an agent, my agent texted me mm-hmm. uh, saying that the directors were asking him if I was able to finish the scene a few days later. And I was like, of course not, you know. like You're bleeding all over the bed and they just want the scene. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. There's some sensitivity to fellow human beings right there. Okay. All right. Um. So you started when you were 18. How old are you now when you're saying, okay, this is it for me, especially now I'm bleeding all over the bed here. So how old were you when you stopped? I was 19. Okay, so, you know, you made a very quick entrance and a very quick exit. Some some people are not fortunate enough to to get that. So, I mean, kudos to you. You know, that's very commendable. Unfortunately, it came with its price tag there. Yeah. Um, so before this happens, before you have your, I'm assuming that was your last scene there, right? You didn't go back and do anything else. It actually else. wasn't. <laughs> oh, my. Okay, so. But girl, let me t- tell me that. So you 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 go to the doctor. You're, you're bleeding for seven days, and they tell you you have herpes. And still, Jesse says, "You know what? I'm going to go back and and finish these." How many more did you do after that? Um, I think I had three or four scenes left. Okay. Okay. So it took you after that that visit to the hospital after the, uh, and, you know, once again, you're told you have herpes. About how long after that did it take you to finally exit the porn industry? Um, I think it was like about a month or two after that. Okay. So is it some sort of like uh, process? You tell your agent, look, I'm done. You tell them, you know, don't call me anymore or you just stop taking calls or how do you, how do you exit the porn industry? Well, I went to him, I think it was somewhere around summer of 2012. Mm -hmm. And I told him like, listen, like, I don't feel okay with myself anymore. Like, I don't feel like doing this is right. Like every time I do it, I just don't feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And um, I just, I told him, I was very straight up with him. And I was like, I said, don't accept new booking okay. for me, but I will finish out and do the ones that are already booked, even the ones that are all the way until December. Okay. So. Okay, and so he he or she was like, oh, okay, I, I totally understand and respect your wishes, or was there some sort of like, are you sure you want to do that, or maybe you know, I mean, what was it okay, or did there was there any pressure to stay in the industry? Um, he wasn't being rude about it, um, okay. but he was he was kind of like in a a strange way, kind of like, oh, what about your career, like, okay, you know. What are you going to do if it's not? And I, I was like, you know, I just want to live a normal life. I want to go to college. I'm 19. Um, it's not like there's nothing out there for me. Good, <laughs> so. good stuff. Good stuff. Okay. Okay. So let me back up just a little bit. So you're, you're in your mind. You're saying, okay, I got to get out of this. Um, so let me start to make my way out of porn. Did you have any concrete plans for 
what you were going to segue into, like, okay, on December 31st, is that's my last movie in the porn industry. January 3rd, I've got this job lined up at, you know, the mall or something. I don't know. Did you have a plan? To be honest, no, I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just, I saved as much money as I could. All I knew was that I wanted to get the heck out. And I I had faith that I I would be able to do other things and and find other opportunities. So, I mean, I think that's a, a mistake that girls make. They probably get so scared that they, you know, that they don't know what to do. But I think it's just all about taking that leap of faith and getting mm-hmm. out. I mean, because the reality is there are so many other people in this world um, feeding themselves and putting a roof over their head, doing other jobs than this. So there must be other viable ways to earn an income. Right. And, and, and people, you know, have to see that because sometimes people do things because they feel like their back is against the wall, but they need to be, they need to realize that it's really not. It's just their, their perception that it is. So, um, yeah. You know, like I said, you know, and I, I can hear in you that you had a strong sense, you know, in that short year of time and to say, you know what, Jesse, I, I can do some other things here. This this really isn't for me. This really isn't for me. Yeah. So um, did you have any boyfriends or anything during this time? It, while I was in the porn industry? Mm-hmm. Uh, I did. I dated a few people. Mm-hmm. Um I dated a performer, and I also dated a director, and okay. I kind of dated other guys, but, like, I wouldn't uh, consider them serious. I, it was just, like, guys that I would hang out with after our scenes. Okay. So it was always pretty much industry people? Yeah. When I moved to LA, I didn't know anyone except people in porn, so okay. I only hung out with people in porn. Okay. So, um, you've been out of the porn industry for what, like two years now? It's been almost two years. Almost two years. Yeah. So, uh, besides your, your work with antipornography.org, do you have other friendships, relationships besides porn industry people, or do you find yourself still friends with some of them? Oh, yeah. I have a lot of friends outside of the industry now. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. And so, I cut a lot of my ties with people in the adult industry because okay. I, I wanted to completely change myself after I quit. Okay. Okay, good stuff. Did you, um, what, what did you do with yourself after? What did you eventually do to, to earn income after you, um, left the porn industry? Um, I started playing video games actually. <laughs> Um, I know that sounds like a weird way to make money, but I actually made pretty good money doing that. Now, actually, I haven't done that in a while. Uh, right now, uh, my family has a business, and I've been doing stuff for them for okay. that. And so, yeah. So that's actually a paying job to sit maybe at home and play video games? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, people don't understand the 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 income opportunities that are out there. I tell you. Um, (laughs) Okay, so um, 
you you did you go back to school? Did you enroll in college or anything like that? Yeah, well, right after I quit the adult industry, I I moved to Arizona with my boyfriend, and so I lived there for a while. And I went to school there, and then I actually just moved to uh, Orange County like a month ago. So okay. <clears throat> it, it was kind of stressful transferring schools and stuff like that, but um, I managed to do it. And um, I talked to my counselor like a few days ago, and I'll be getting like a personal training certificate very, Go very ahead. soon. Congratulations. Cool stuff. Cool stuff. Good, good. All right, Jesse, we're going to take our last break of the day. When we come back, we're going to talk about Jesse moving forward. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Don't Box Me In. Here's your host, Lana Reed. Welcome back. Welcome back. I have had the delightful pleasure today to be with uh, Jesse Rogers. She's an advocate for antipornography.org and also a former uh, porn star. Now, Jesse, uh, congratulations to you again on uh, getting ready to complete your certification for um, you're going to be a personal trainer, correct? Yeah. Okay, cool stuff. Cool stuff. So, um, now that brings me to, like I, I keep on mentioning, that you were involved with antipornography.org. Can you share with me how it came to be that you got involved with them? Um, well, we just, we found each other on the Internet. And, oh. Um, I don't know. <laughs> it just kind of happened. That's how life is sometimes. You know, you just look up and like, how did I land here? But I'm here, so let's enjoy it. Um, how long have you been involved with antipornography.org? I think a little under a year. Okay, okay. So what do you what do you do around there? Um, well, basically just I, I've shot videos with them, um, just sharing my story, basically. Mm-hmm. And I wrote, wrote out my story on on their website and stuff like that. Okay, okay. And I read uh, that you have a book out as well. What, what's the title of the book called? Um, it's called Six Habits of the Happiest People, and that's the number six. Okay. Okay. So, um, how do people get how do people get the book? First of all. Oh, it's on Amazon. Okay. It's an ebook. Um, okay. It's not an actual physical book, so okay. it, I wanted to make it pretty convenient for my and followers, and I made it pretty cheap too. It's only two ninety nine. Hey, you can't so. beat that. Can't beat that. <laughs> yeah. So, so, how long has the book been out? I think it's only been like two months. Okay. Okay. It, initially, I was just writing a, a blog post, and then I realized it was like really a really long blog post. And then I figured <laughs> out how to put out ebooks. Okay. It happened. Okay. Okay. So, are the you said six habits of what was the title again? Uh, six habits of the happiest people. Of the happiest people, and do you have all six of those habits? Yeah. Or you, you do? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I picked up, actually. Okay. I just kind of wanted to teach people because when I was doing porn, I obviously I had horrible habits. I also, I was an alcoholic at that time. Mm. Um, I was just not happy with myself and it took me a while to fully heal after I got out of the industry. And I, you know, I never really wanted to like write an autobiography about my whole life or anything like that. And like, I think there's enough stuff about me out there, but mm-hmm. I just genuinely wanted to help people and kind of share some of the things that I learned to do to stay positive. Okay. Do you find there's any negative consequences to your time in the porn industry? Are you, do you, you know, walking around and people like looking at you like, is that that girl? Did I see, did I know her from somewhere? Or, you know, do you, do you have those kinds of encounters? Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> I, I just made a video last week complaining about that uh, on my YouTube channel because when I go to the gym, like, I cover myself from head to toe, like, I wear a baseball cap and everything, and people still look at me, and I, in the back of my head, I always think, like, did they watch something of me or something? I don't know. Why are they looking at me like that? <laughs> okay, and, okay. So, yeah. um, so it's kind of something we're going to have to have in the back of our mind for a little while now. Um so do you think, right. well, you, you, um, you're taking more of the, the self-employed kind of option here with the personal trainer thing, but do you think if you had a, wanted to seek like a regular nine to five, you know, with a lot of companies these days, they're doing, you know, background checks and all of that stuff. Do you think your time in the porn industry would have hindered you getting a regular job? Um, I don't think so. I, if, I mean, if I had used, like, if I was trying to use the name Jesse Rogers to get the regular job, mm-hmm. then yeah, definitely. But okay. I I used two separate names, so. Oh, okay. And I, it's funny that you bring that up. Actually, I I'm I just started changing my social media accounts. Okay. Because uh, the name Jesse Rogers was attracting too many. Um, too many people from the wrong places. Gotcha, gotcha. So, that would be my next just, question. Yeah, that would be my yeah. next question. Like, even after you leave, you have a fan base. So are there the, you know, dysfunctional, creepy cats that kind of say, Jesse, you know, I'd like to see you this or that. Do you still get people wanting to see Jesse as she used to be? Most of my followers are actually, like, really supportive of me Good. as a person. Good. Um, so I'm very fortunate for that. But there's always people, like, sometimes I log in on my YouTube channel and I see people's comments that are like, oh, she's a porn star. Like, I just finished watching one of her videos or something like that. So... Um, I kind of realized that, okay, no matter what I do, like, if I keep using that name, like, mm-hmm. people, you know, like, let's say someone just watches the porn of mine today, and then they go and search my name o- online, and then, and find my other account, 
they're going to still think that I'm still a porn star. So I kind of, I decided very, re- actually, I decided today <laughs> to change all of that. <laughs> okay. All righty. Um, I don't want that to happen anymore. There's always, we're always moving forward. We're always growing. So, yeah. you know, a little bit of change is not so bad. Um, I, before we get out of here, I want to ask you your opinion and you take your time to think about it. Um, selling sex has been around for many, 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 many years, Jesse. Do you think uh, we'll be able to totally stop porn? Uh, will the consumer stop watching? I mean, is it something that's going to go away? Um, I think that it can definitely reduce. Mm-hmm. Uh, through, I think it's something that like people need to share their stories more. Like me, mm-hmm. like it's. I want to kind of compare it to teen pregnancy. People think that teen pregnancy is an issue, and it is. Like the U.S. is the number one developed country with teen pregnancies, but the rates have gone down. And the reason for that is because of other girls telling their stories of how, like, hard their life is now after Mm -hmm. they decided to get pregnant. So I think that if you have people like me or Vanessa that is sharing their stories, it's really going to make the public really think about, you know, reevaluate their life they're watching porn or if they want to get into porn or something like that so okay good viewpoint good viewpoint so uh real quickly before we get out of here um how do people because you you did just mention that you're changing all your social media stuff so if people want to wait people want to get in touch with you and the work that you are doing um and your your um advocacy for antipornography.org how do they they reach out and you know maybe book you for a speaking gig or something like that how do they do that um the twitter handle that i just uh changed it to is jessica vegan fit okay so that's also how people can book you in uh orange county for some training sessions too right (laughs) yeah okay definitely (laughs) Okay. All righty. So, uh, Jesse, I want to, you know, thank you so, so much for hanging out with me today. I think everything that you're doing is wonderful. Your story is commendable. Um, even though, uh, you do have such a shy demeanor, it's a very strong willpower inside of you to make these changes in your life when you saw that you were going the wrong direction. And it's also a beautiful thing that you say, you know what? Uh, I'm going to let my Sherry, my, my story come out, share my story. And help others. So, I mean, kudos to you and keep on doing what you're doing, little lady. Thank you. All right. So for everybody else that wants to get involved or learn some more about uh, Jesse's uh, work or the work with anti-pornography, please visit antipornography.org. And once again, Jesse, thank you so, so much for hanging out with me today. That is all for this week's show. I'll be back next week at the same time. Until then, remember when it comes to your dreams, the words can't and won't should never slow you down. There's always space to change and to grow. Don't be boxed in. Live your very best life. I am your host, Lana. See you next week.